Hello and welcome back to The Daily Royal, a podcast covering the daily events of all the European royal families. Today we are going to be covering the busy day that was Monday, March 22nd of 2021. You guys, I think I mentioned in yesterday's episode, this is going to be a big week. Um, But like, In all honesty, super excited about it. This is when I started this podcast. This is what I was hoping to do uh, was a week like this. And because of COVID, it got so bogged down. And so now this is abnormal. Um, So hopefully this kind of continues. I am already like loving this week. I know it's only Monday, but like doing the research and doing the work for this episode was really... um, enjoyable. I really enjoyed what I was doing today. And, um, yeah. So big day, big couple of days here. Um, big week really. So we're going to jump right in, um, and start with the Belgian Royal family. Starting out in Belgium, like I said, um, alluded to yesterday, today's event for the Belgian royal family is actually pretty important. So we're just kind of going to go through it um, and I'm going to give as much context as I can, um, just like I do with um, some of the other commemorative ceremonies that we have gone through so far this year and also last year. Um, So today, King Philippe and Queen Mathilde took part in um, a few different events commemorating the fifth anniversary of the March 22nd, 2016 terrorist attacks. So, five years ago, um, in a rush hour commuting situation, uh, three bombs were exploded, uh, two at the Brussels airport and one at the Malbec train station. Um, Shortly after the attacks, ISIS took responsibility for the attack, and um, 39 people lost their lives, and and several several were injured. Um, It was... It's definitely the largest terrorist attack that Belgium has ever faced, um, and it it rocked the nation pretty intensely. Um, And so for those who can maybe remember, 2015 and 2016 were like really extensive and terrorist attacks in Europe. Um, So there were several attacks in France, and then this one in Belgium, and it was just pretty intense for a while. Um, Like, I can remember we would post, you know, on Facebook or whatever, the profile pictures. That's like, I stand with Paris, I stand with Brussels. Um, And while I think that's super, super important, um, that seemed like it was happening a lot. 
so that um like I can remember changing my profile picture to um, like the Belgian flag overlay on Facebook um, but not really knowing the details like I do now um, and I will say like looking up these details was um, really sad and I don't know it's just a different perspective on terrorism so in the events today um, we King Philippe and Queen Mathilde started the day with um, a ceremony at the Brussels airport where they laid a wreath and took a moment of silence at the exact time the first bomb went off in the airport and the next bomb went off several seconds later. It was very quick um, and both of the um, terrorists were in lines uh, for like checking your baggage at the airport so they were very close to each other um, and it was very rapid and then about an hour later the exact same thing happened at the Malbec train station so this was a very similar kind of attack um, it was on a train it was an exploded device and um, I believe the train was leaving the station, but hadn't quite, quite left. Um, so people were still, um, injured and they were, um, I wasn't sure I was going to go into a lot of detail, but they were nail bombs, which means that when they exploded, nails flew everywhere. So, um, that was the first two sets of events, um, wreath layings, moments of silence, exactly at the time of the attacks. Um, and then at 12.15 p.m., they attended a ceremony at the memorial that was built um, in dedication to the victims, um, which this was the, like, conclusion of the commemorative events. So this ceremony, I did watch this one live. Um, it... was very similar to the um, European Day of Terrorism ceremony that Spain just had 11 days ago um, in that, um, you know, there was the arrival of the King of King Philippe and Queen Mathilde and then um, a couple of different things. So there was a performance there were a couple of speeches from people who had lost someone in the attacks. Um, and then there was a wreath laying ceremony at the memorial as well. A uh, moment of silence. And then um, both the EU national anthem and the Belgian national anthem. And then um, at that time, after those two pieces of music, uh, King Philippe and Queen Mathilde left and left um, the 50 people that were allowed to gather um, for the ceremony, because we are still living in a pandemic, um, to lay flowers at the memorial site. So that was kind of the event in a nutshell. I do have, um, I'll have the video of the ceremony linked on the website, thedailyroyal.com. Um, it is an edited version, so it's something that I put together quickly. I edited um, 
out kind of the very beginning and towards the end, um, but the event that uh, Philippe and Mathilde were at is all in that. So I'll have that linked um, on thedailyroyal.com and you can definitely check that out. Um, some of it is in English, so that helps too. Um, but if you speak French and or Dutch, you will be fine because it's in both. Um, and then there's a few pieces in English as well. So those were the events for uh, the fifth anniversary. And then afterwards, after spending the entire day together, uh, King Philippe and Prime Minister Alexander de Croix held their weekly Monday audience. I had kind of forgotten that this was going to happen because um, there was so much going on this morning um, that I, I guess I just figured since they had spent literally their entire day together, they wouldn't do an audience today, but they did. Um, so that's one thing I didn't mention is Prime Minister DeCroix was at all of these events uh, standing side by side with King Philippe and Queen Mathilde. So that's what was going on in Belgium. And now we are going to go ahead and move on to the UK. Was pretty quiet in the UK today. Um, there was one announcement on social media, and then of course we'll take a look at the court circular here in just a second. Um, but the announcement made today is that the Duke of Cambridge has been uh, has been appointed by Queen Elizabeth as Lord High Commissioner for the 2021 General Assembly for the Church of Scotland. So this may sound familiar because this also happened last year. So William was appointed to be Lord High Commissioner for the Church of Scotland's General Assembly, which is an annual event. Every year, Queen Elizabeth will appoint someone different to um, represent the royal family, which is the head of the Church of England and Scotland. And it was last year. It was also William. Um, however, the General Assembly was canceled because covid um, and so this year, William will be able to attend the meeting in person in Scotland, hopefully. Um, I certainly think that that is a probability this year, um, given that we're a year into the pandemic and we know how to hold things safely and responsibly now. Um, so I think it's possible that that meeting will be able to take place in person. Um, so that's what was going on kind of public facing. So now we're going to take a quick peek at the court circular. I didn't prepare ahead of time. Sorry about that. So I just have to, the good news is I now know how to quickly pull it up. So we'll get that figured out here very quickly. Court circular, March 22nd. Um, okay. So today, uh, at Clarence House, so there was nothing from Windsor Castle, which is Queen Elizabeth. Uh, Clarence House, uh, the Prince of Wales this morning held a meeting with the president of the National Farmers Union. This meeting was via telephone. Um, and then next, uh, Charles held um, the, okay, so Charles as the patron for the University of Cambridge Institute for Sustainability Leadership. Um, 
received the outgoing and incoming director of the um, Cambridge Institute. So that was on Charles's agenda. And then that was it for the royals that I talk about. Just a reminder, um, for the British royal family, I will talk about um, Queen Elizabeth, Prince Philip, if he has anything or health issues. Um, he is officially retired, so he doesn't make it in very often. But when he does, I will talk about him. Um, the Prince of Wales and Duchess of Cornwall, and then the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. So that's who I talk about on a regular basis. I know the British royal family is huge, and there are definitely a lot of members, um, but just to keep everything very simple and streamlined as much as possible, um, that is who I will mostly talk about. So that's what was going on today in the UK, and now we are going to go ahead and move on to Denmark. Denmark, I was pleasantly surprised that there was yet again another event. I think this is like almost every day in the past two weeks, every work day at least. Um, so that has been really exciting and really different for this year. Um, but today, Crown Princess Mary held a meeting um, with the chairwoman and secretary general for the Danish Refugee Center. Um, where the focus of the conversation was on um, conditions around the world as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Because when isn't some of these conversations focused on COVID at least a little bit? Um, so Mary serves as the patron for the Danish Refugee Center, and she held these two women in um, an audience at... I, I don't know if she... So... Here's a fun thing that I don't know that actually, like, is kind of frustrating to me, and I will probably research because I've never thought about it until this moment. I don't know if they keep their office, like, their official offices in the same palace that they live in, or if they commute to one central location for their official offices. That's something I need to figure out because I'm really curious. Um... So wherever she holds her office is where this meeting was. Um, and it was kind of an audience, but more of a sit down conversation about um, refugees and the crisis that we are all living in. Um, so that is what Mary was up to today. They also um, made an announcement. And sometimes I don't talk about these. Sometimes I do. Um, but the... Um, I think the head of household for the Danish royal family, like the head of the royal house, has resigned or retired, I'm sorry, retired, um, and a new person will be taking their place on April 1st, um, and this is so that they can coordinate um, and start planning Queen Margaretha's 50th Jubilee, which is in 2022, not to be confused with Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee, which is, um, 
70 years on the throne in 2021. So if I do the same thing, I will possibly be going to Denmark in 2022, probably six months after I'm in the UK. If someone wants to fund my move to Europe, that would be great because at this point, I'm not sure why I'm leaving for six months. Um, Granted, the UK and Denmark are far enough apart that it's like reasonable. But um, yeah, Queen Margaretha will be celebrating 50 years on the throne, which I'm not sure what jubilee that is. Let me see if there is... I'm going to see if there is a reference um, for that. Because platinum is 60, or diamond is 60, platinum is 70, golden is 50. So her golden jubilee um, will be in 2022. And I don't know if they'll celebrate it in January, which is when she became queen, or if they'll celebrate it later in the summer so that it's nicer. I'll have to look back and see um, what they did for 45 years on the throne. So that is some information, but also just like, here's a look at two years ahead from now, um, where if I stick with going for big jubilee events i will be probably in denmark in 2022 which i'm actually really excited about also really excited about london next year but um denmark sounds cool so that is what was going on in denmark and so now we are going to move on to the netherlands Maxima focused day in the Netherlands, which are kind of some of my favorite days for the Dutch royal family. Um, also just because I really like the idea of one of these events. Um, so today, Queen Maxima took part in the opening of uh, Netherlands Money Week, which is a, a week-long um, time dedicated to teaching children and young people 18 years and younger um, about money and how to make wise money choices and, um, bringing that financial literacy, um, to children as early as possible, which is, uh, super important. So I found, I don't even know how I found this. I think I was just like Googling, um, whether this was like an international thing or if it was just specific to the Netherlands, which it is, it's just specific to the Netherlands, I think. Um, and so I found like their like presentation slideshow of their objectives and kind of how they're doing this, um, especially with the transition to in-person, uh, to online and digital versus in-person due to COVID. Um, but it was really interesting because it gave like a ton of statistics about like, this is in 45% of the classrooms, 
Um, 97% of primary teachers like know about it and are implementing some strategy from money week, but aren't implementing the whole program, um, which is an amazing amount. 97% of teachers are at least aware of it and possibly implementing more, um, which I think is amazing. Um, because I have talked about this now, um, you know, I would be, if I had some financial literacy as a younger person, I may not be in the position financially that I am currently in. Um, maybe I would be, I'm not sure. I'm not going to blame it entirely on, um, lack of knowledge because there is knowledge now, but I may have never gotten myself in a bad place to start with. Um, and so I just think that that's really awesome. And then, so this is the 10th year for Money Week in the Netherlands. And Queen Maxima also serves on the steering committee for this project, which I think just like fits in perfectly with her and what she does and like her role before being part of the Dutch royal family and also like the roles that she's taken on since as in terms of um, the UN Secretary General Special Advocate for uh, financial inclusion and development. I am really impressed that I just got that right. Um, as well as, you know, just some other, um, projects that she does frequently. So I think that just really works out well. Um, the launch looked really fun. I couldn't find like the video of the launch. I didn't look very hard because there were a lot of videos today. Um, but, um, it looked really fun from the picture I've seen. Um, so that was the first thing and kind of the second thing. Um, so she also did a digital opening speech for Money Week. Um, and then later on, she took part in an online conversation with representatives from the care and welfare, welfare sector um, to mark the occasion of Discovery Care Week. So this is one thing today that I didn't do a ton of research on because I did go so in-depth on Money Week um, and just like there wasn't a lot of information on the readout from the Dutch royal family so I couldn't couldn't figure out what to research necessarily to get to where I needed to be um, so that was unfortunate but um, I don't know. It was just the money week fascinated me so much. And like, as you'll see, as you have heard already, there was a lot going on today and a lot of research that needed to be done. Plus in preparing for the upcoming events, there's just a lot of research this week, which I'm not complaining. I love it so much. Um, but it is a little bit, um, picking and choosing like what I researched the most right now. Um, and so Maxima had one event that was really well researched and then, one that I couldn't get enough of a grip on to do more research. So that's what was going on in the Netherlands. And now we are going to go ahead and move on to Norway. In 
Norway today, there were a couple of different events. Um, first, Crown Prince Akun held an audience with the Chief of the Home Guard, so that happened first thing this morning. Um, and then later on in the afternoon, well, technically it was noon, um, members of the Norwegian royal family attended um, the funeral of Erling Lorentzen, who is the brother-in-law to King Harald. Um, so he was married to King Harald's oldest sister, um, and they, they never, they weren't members of the royal family. So because she was the oldest, this is kind of in the weeds, but because she was the oldest and of an older generation of royals, um, her husband was a commoner and very, um, of non-royal standing. And due to that, she, um, lost her title and style. And, um, I think she was still able to go by princess, but for the most part, she lost her title and style and lively, livelihood as a princess. Um, and so she was never a working member of the royal family, even though her sister and brother both went on to also marry commoners. She was the first, and so a lot more got taken away from her, um, which is not fair and not cool. Um, and that's like the amount of story I got from that today. Um, and so she passed away several years ago, and um, in the beginning part of March, uh, her husband, Erling Lorenzen, passed away, and today was the official funeral. So it was, again, COVID compliant. There were 50, I think it said 50 people were invited, um, and then it was a live-streamed event. So um, the members of the royal family that attended were King Harald, Queen Sonia, Crown Prince Akun, Crown Princess Metamarit, Princess Marta Louise and Princess Astrid, who is King Harald's um, other sister. And so this is um, the first time that King Harald has been seen in public since January, um, before his knee. Um, he was walking with crutches, but was walking. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect when I saw that he was there. Um, he was walking slowly, but like, again, he had surgery on his tendon and is 84, and that's not a super easy surgery to recover from, especially when you're elderly. Um, so I was amazed at how well he was doing. Um, but like I said, it was two sets, two crutches, um, but for the most part unassisted other than the crutches, but like he didn't have any additional assistance, um, except for getting into the church because... Norwegian churches have stairs, so, like, it's not the super easiest to get into, so Akun did help him with that, but for the most part, um, that was the big thing that I was, um, not focused on, but, like, wanted to talk about, um, in regards to this podcast, at least, um, and so they attended the funeral, um, Norway is a Lutheran country, so, members of the royal family and royal family adjacent are members of the Norwegian church, which is a Lutheran style church. Um, so it was held in a, in a church. 
Um, and then right outside the church is actually the cemetery where he and his wife are now buried together. Um, and so they showed a little bit of the burial, which was very quick um, because it looked kind of cold in Norway, even though it's spring, it's freezing cold there. So that was the event in Norway today that um, kind of we're talking about the most, um, just because it was a big deal for the entire family to really be together. That hasn't happened um, in quite some time. So that's what was going on in Norway today. And now we are going to go ahead and move on to Spain. Like I mentioned yesterday, Spain is a bit of an anomaly this week because the beginning part, so today and tomorrow and kind of Wednesday, kind of not, um, are pretty slow. Um, Queen Letizia has no events until Thursday for the state visit. Um, and so it's just kind of weird because it's like a slower start to the week, but then Thursday and Friday are going to be packed, um, which is great, great for me, but kind of, um, a slower start, but I'm okay with it because there has been so much, um, else today to fill the void. So today King Felipe had one event. So he held an audience with the president of the, um, Renault Nissan and Mitsubishi Alliance, um, as well as the president of the Renault group. So Renault is a European car company, um, that apparently in the EU, or at least in Sp Spain, is a collaboration of companies. Um, I know that I have seen, like, in watching just Spanish television, um, I've seen a lot of ads for Nissan and Renault, but not Mitsubishi so much, but that doesn't mean, like, it's not a thing, it's just Nissan, um is a pretty intensely marketed car company. Um, so this alliance must mean that they all kind of work together and have possibly similar um, models to their cars. I'm not, I'm not sure. I didn't do a lot of research in it. I'm not going to lie. Um, part of that is because there's another event tomorrow with Renault um, that we'll, we'll talk about and I might go a little bit more in depth on because tomorrow... Tomorrow is like our light day of the week, so every day this week is pretty intense except for tomorrow, at least I think. So we'll have a little bit more time tomorrow to dive in um, on this because there's a like planning committee agenda setting, I don't quite know, thing tomorrow that Felipe will be at, so we'll talk about it a little bit more then. Um, but today it was just a, a, a pre-meeting, I guess. Um, with the king. So that's what was going on in Spain. And now we are just going to go ahead and move right on to Sweden.
finishing this episode today with the Swedish royal family. Um, today, there weren't, there wasn't a lot of information on the events. Um, they were scheduled. I wasn't even convinced they had happened, but then one of the readouts came out a little bit later on this evening. Um, I don't know when they update their website or when they schedule updates to go out, but it never happens at the same time consistently, which is upsetting. Um, but so today, Crown Princess Victoria and Prince Daniel took part in a digital meeting with Visit Sweden, which is the government's uh, tourism board. And then they also held a digital meeting with the Confederation of Swedish Enterprises um, chairman as well as the CEO for Swedish Enterprises. Um, and so I think most of their focus today was on... Um, tourism. Sorry, I just forgot a word. And yeah, but I wanted, I, like I said, I wasn't sure this had happened because of their COVID diagnosis, but that has been a week and a half. Um, it seems like they are still staying home. I know Victoria was scheduled to do something outside, um, her first like in public engagement this year, um, in a couple of days, but I don't, I think that has been since transitioned to a digital event, um, which is kind of sad, but necessary, um, especially given that they haven't quite been diagnosed with COVID for two weeks yet. So, like I said, they did hold this event. Um, there wasn't a whole bunch of information on it when I checked last, so we're going on what I just said. Um, and that is what was going on in Sweden, which brings us to the end of this episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the um, more in-depth research and stuff that I have done on things today. I had a really good time doing it. Um, I'm not going to lie, like even the sad stuff in Belgium was pretty great um, in terms of researching and learning about. Um, I'm a person who loves learning about new things and events. And so like... I very much enjoyed it. It was very sad subject matter, obviously, um, but I did enjoy the event itself. So, um, if you did, please, you know, go visit all the places, um, thedailyroyal.com, thedailyroyal on Instagram, where I post pictures, um, thedailyroyal.com has pictures and videos and everything, um, related to royals on it, um, as well as, like, engagement counts and ton a ton of different things. So check those out and then like and review this podcast wherever you are listening. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Bye.